the AI tells you now. Um, Jesus, when was the last time you were on this? Uh, we did uh, the, the, the it's like uh, right when uh, the pandemic started. Oh, you mean the actual? We talked about Bobo Kumite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last yeah, right when, the, right when I was yeah, it was when the pandemic started, and um, I was uh, I was doing all my work for my uh, my kitchen table on a wooden wooden chair, which is killing my back and my butt. Mm. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah, well, um, come a long way from there. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Like in the in the time intervening time, uh, we've respectively moved three times uh or (laughs) um into drastically different environments yeah um there's been a journey um but i'd say uh one i'm glad that has actually occurred to a degree uh not everything that's happened in intervening time but definitely having uh another person to kind of soundboard on or soundboard with uh in terms of karate has been really really who isn't like retired from it kind of yeah so i guess we should get started proper though uh hi everyone welcome to karate without belts i'm gonna skip the normal thing i do uh joining this is our first um even though alcohol is nothing uh new to the podcast it's new to this podcaster who was uh currently imbibing so this is the first time no one's been sober on the podcast (laughs) so Cheers. Cheers to classic. Cheers. Yeah, to, to, to bourbon. To bourbon. To bourbon. To bourbon. To Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Is So I guess we can kind of let the... Yeah, it is. So it is. Let the listeners know. Yeah, so the other week, I was... Raul was like, we're going to do a... I forget whose idea it was, yours or mine. I, was I don't like, know. I, I was drinking at the time anyway, so it's, it's probably mine. Well, and this is the funny thing is when you were on here last too, you were drinking, so it was like you've never not been on the on the podcast I sober. Do. I was drinking. Yes, I think I was drinking <laughs> Angel's Envy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's me. I got a problem. We go back. <laughs> <laughs> just admitting it. Just admitting yeah, it now. We've no, got a problem. I'm not a, no, I'm not a quitter. <laughs> that's the spirit. But uh, last week, uh, Roel got on uh, cam on a, on cam with me, and then walked me through a liquor store in Japan, trying yes. to find the appropriate whiskey for this podcast. Um, it was a fun adventure, and I get a lot of interesting looks from the people around me. Uh, being the only like white dude in there who's just and just like having somebody screaming out English from my phone. <laughs> <laughs> well i got you a good one though didn't i yes yes i yeah. appreciate it we're doing i'm doing uh buffalo trace the first mm-hmm. time i've ever uh gone down this road i tested it out last week it was it's quite smooth now see the funny thing about that particular um bottle is i avoided that like the plague when i first started drinking whiskey uh because i didn't i thought the label made it look cheap and then I, I kept hearing re- reviews that this was just really good stuff. Just get past the label. And one day I said, all right, fine. 20 bucks. I mean, this is going to be garbage whiskey. And I poured a glass. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Where has this been all my life? So when you, we were talking and looking for the, you know, the different brands and you said, what about this Buffalo thing? I was like, buy that <laughs> because that is some good stuff. Indeed, it goes down smooth. I'm not like a frequent whiskey drinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'm more of a red, a cheap red wine and or like a dark beer man myself. So mm-hmm. learn that from your uh, one of your mentors. Uh, just remember him saying one time, it's like dark beer, dark beer. Just get me some dark beer and we'll be good. Um, <laughs> and I'm that? like, okay, yeah, I'll definitely go for that. And then, you know, from then on, it's always been like, okay, we'll go with dark beer. Yeah, I usually drink dark beer myself. But who, uh, who, who said that? Mr. Duraldi. Oh, okay. So I remember him being like very, very much like, I, I don't want to name drop, but it's like, a, yeah, I remember him one time and people were like just around, oh, Mr. Duraldi, Mr. Duraldi, uh, what beer would you, just dark, anything dark be good. And I was just, <laughs> just, just like for me, especially we were around a lot of people who were kind of nice Midwestern folk and then just us, us, North, or us Northeastern uh, kind of rude people are always just like this. Yeah, go do that. Um hmm. I, don't know, I described our Texan friends might our Texan friends might might not like this, but I described to somebody in English class once the difference between like the directness of northeast and like uh, southwest would be more like northeast would be like, hey, go do this thing, and southwest would be more like, hey, you see that money in your wallet? It's gonna buy me that thing. <laughs> you can start by walking down the street right now. It's um, true. There's a lot more courtesy down south. Despite the fact it's just as menacing. Mm. Anyway, sir, how are you this fine evening? I am doing all right. Um, I got my training in, mm. even though I worked about eleven hours today. I've been uh, uh, since I guess I'm, so. I moved down south from New York uh, in April, and then finally moved into my house in August, and uh, set up my own personal dojo in my garage which is something I've always wanted to do, I guess, since, since I started martial arts, is have somewhere I can train by myself. Because when I first started training, um, I, would, I would practice in my backyard. Uh, I would practice at um, Bally's gym. Bally's was a thing mm. in the aerobics room. I never had my own spot that I could do whatever I wanted. So when I told my wife we're going to buy a house, when we have enough money, the garage is mine, and it's a dojo. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so uh, I was able, I was able to set it up and put it together uh, probably about September-ish, I think, is when it kind of went live. I got the mats, I got the, the heavy bags hung, and uh, I've just been going to town on it between three and five days a week. I mean, that's, I mean, and it's a really good setup. Uh, if anybody's not seen it, go to um, to is it Okinawan, Okinawan, Okinawan Yeah. yeah. Um, and on Facebook. Yes, uh, on on the old man social media. Oh yeah, the old man. Yeah, well, I'm old. I'm 43. You know. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. also like, oh, it's funny. Our ages are actually inversed. Um, oh, we are. Yeah, <laughs> it's still. I'm still not revealing my actual age on the podcast. But I got I got you. Uh, I got you by a decade. J- um, just about, just about. Yeah. But uh, what is it? The uh, yeah, it's it is quality. Like not only in terms of like wh- what you've set up, but also quality of what you're showing. Um, it was interesting. I don't know if you want me to re- reveal this here or not. You, no, you go said, ahead. I mean, you said, well, you sent this to, you said this to me and it was, I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, you're talking about like people like looking at your stuff and looking at the videos you put up and then looking at like the count of people who like fall, end up following you um, and liking whatever is on there and versus not. And it was, you know, you do a lot of like very straightforward, um, bag work, straightforward, like line work, stuff like that. Um, 
And anytime you like post that, it's normal. It's really normally quality. You have really good video that you throw up about like uh, just like the. There's no really such thing as the check, and I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I try to be as as, as practical as possible because uh, you know I'm coming from a I guess I guess we could say a full contact background where you know I've been punched in the face quite a few times, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm trying to you know. I, what works and what doesn't work for me because I'm also not a large person either. I'm like five foot four, 155 pounds. So it's like, you know, what would work for a six foot one or six foot person who's 180, 200 pounds doesn't work for me. So I got to be a little more finesse and a little more active than some of the bigger guys. So I try to be a little more practical. Well, and like, and that's just like to, to the, you know, degree of like not being practical. I think most yeah. people like attempt to be practical, even when they're supposedly supposed to, trying to be traditional. Yeah. But it's interesting you pointing out to me is like, you you throw up a lot of stuff that's just straight up you training, straight up straight up you doing bag work, demonstrating bag work, demonstrating ideas. But then it comes to like, you get maybe one or two likes or one or two people who are like, yeah, um, and you you interestingly will attack old men on Facebook who are who come after you and in, in, in. Hey, hey, you come at me, I come at you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, echoing another sentiment we talked about earlier um but then it's like you do a kata and then like it's like 55 people are like yeah that's the kata man um and i thought thought that's a very interesting and then what did you say it was like people are cheering on the blueprint they're not cheering on the result yeah see the, yeah that was the i was uh something that kind of gets me a little bit so I, I'll show like a kata movement and then I'll show an entire training regiment on bags and, and footwork and stuff like that, all on that particular concept in the kata, right? Because it's a blueprint. Kata is our blueprint. It may be the soul of karate, but it's also the basics. You know, you want to you want to get better and be more like uh, martial in, in what you're doing and being uh, bringing out the applications and bringing out something that does life protection. You're not going to get that from just doing kata. You got to take the kata and the concepts and apply it more into like a really strong training regimen. And um, I'll I'll do a kata and I'll get a hundred likes. And I'm like, okay. And then I'll take a piece of that kata and, and show how I train around that particular piece, and I'll get like five, ten, fifteen likes. Mm. Sometimes they only I'll 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 post it on a particular form and they'll deny it. They'll but they'll, oh wait so they won't even let it on there they won't even let it on there and i asked them why i was like listen i see you guys doing all this stuff i'm I, i'm doing that too and then I, I i show a little bit different and that's not getting put on well we we have a bunch of guys that look at this stuff and if we have more more agrees than disagrees we'll put it up and that did, that got all the disagrees and that was I, it I, <laughs> okay that that makes little sense to me where it's like even people like disagree with you even if you have like conversation um the form's called called practical (laughs) and i'm like all right i guess we're calling them out here um that's all right wow not only we're not only wow you're doing the doing the owen wilson wow 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 damage yeah Yeah. well and that's the that's the thing where it's like that's the the key word you said there was regimen, yeah. right? Um, actual training regimen, not just mm-hmm. doing kata, not just doing push-ups, not just doing that. Like 
the basic stuff people do, but then also not just like one and done back and forth. This is the move in the kata, and then doing it back and forth a couple times with the partner, and then calling it a night. There's a regimen around the breakdown around the yeah. blueprint that you need to do in order to make that bridge work, which is the connective tissue. I don't think a lot of people get, um, especially when they're not like when they're not doing uh, full contact sparring, or they're not even doing sparring. Period. Yeah. Um, they're doing two person drills, but I mean, that's, that's again, another level of the basics that gonna like a basic understanding of things, but you got to make it your own at, 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 at a certain point in your training. How do you do that? And uh, you got to play with it a little bit. And if you don't play with it and see what kind of works for you, and what doesn't work for some sort of modifications to that particular theory or technique based on your body type, um, then you're not really gaining any, any real, Again, we go back to life protection skills. It's like, why are you, I mean, people do karate for a, a whole number of reasons. Um, but the reason why I did martial arts was to protect my life and to be um, more efficient in, in you know, fighting. So when I, when I look at things, I look at things from that, that particular perspective. Is this making me a better fighter? Is this making me more efficient? Can I not get punched in the face as many times as I've done before. You know what I mean? So it's like, if, if that's not achieving that goal, I'm, I'm not going to pay too much attention or, 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 or allow that to come into my, my training regimen. It's like, that's just how I look at things. So if you're doing martial arts because you want to be um, some sort of uh, uh, historical society and, and accumulate kata and, and because you feel that the kata is going out of, out, out of um, style because people aren't doing this content anymore that, that's perfectly fine i'd be perfectly okay with doing one or two kata for my entire life but, but dedicating my entire life to understanding why i'm doing this kata and developing a whole training aspect to it and making myself a better fighter well and that's how you actually preserve it like yeah. rather than because i think that this is where i've seen a lot of the time and because when this is nobody's over here we're just going to keep on rolling on this topic keep rolling let's do it um because he I mean, uh, you probably said it on here a million different ways but and all, probably all the other karate podcasters doing the same thing but uh the thing is like when you have people who say there's this kata not many people are doing it not many people are practicing it anymore oh no we need to get more people practicing it I've seen this happen where people like at a seminar will be like, we're all going to learn it and, and make sure we have it as our thing. A year or two later, it's uh, got one or two of those guys who still do, does it. Uh, three or four years after that, you might have the one other person who does it. But like they become the person who like does it and that's it. Right. But then they all they know how to do is just like, oh, I know the form. But like then they don't have a training regimen around it. They don't have anything behind it. There's nothing like there for them to grasp onto. And so that's where I, th I feel like, especially with what you're doing and showing that there's a training regimen around like the bunkhead you're breaking down, then there's actually an art there. Yeah. Um, rather than just, oh, there's a kata. The kata is the fighting system. I don't know what that means. If it, <laughs> and a lot of people don't because they, they'll just say, okay, I did the kata. It's a fighting system. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, if you if you look at it like that, if you're, the kata is a, is a, or the series of kata, like all the mahachi together, is a complete fighting system. What do you do with that now? You know the kata. What do you, what are you doing with it? 
Are you are you doing your Dahachi kicks on the on the heavy bag now? Are you setting up your feints? Are are you are you are you using your pivots that are found in the Nahachi katas that are hidden uh, in your sparring? Um, there's a are you doing gamaku? Do the yeah. gamaku. Why aren't you doing gamaku? Do gamaku more. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. The theories, you know, the principles. Are you grabbing, you know, and you are you are you putting something on the bag? Are you, are you working with your partners and grabbing and tying up? Because a lot of the 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 movements in Nahachi are really close quarters combat stuff. Are, are, there's throws in there too. I mean, so are you are you incorporating that? Are you working on that on, on a consistent basis? And then are, and are you taking that to the next levels? Okay, I'm now going to spar and different levels of sparring. And does this work for me? Is everything that I've been training around this does this does this translate to somebody who doesn't want to get hit? Hmm. I don't know. That's something you kind of have to do because when you actually get into a fight, the other person doesn't want to get hit. <laughs> And he wants to hit you too. So it's like, you got to deal with both of those things. And, and on that note, it's like, this is where, I, where you know, this stuff with the, the karate kid and Cobra Kai and all this stuff, like it drives me up a wall. Cause it's like, <laughs> there's actual people who do karate and there's actual people who like understand, like, okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to back up on this. There's traditional people who do karate who act like the people who do what you're doing, um, who are kind of like less connected to the kata, but still like doing the hard line work, doing like the hard, like making sure the feints and their hands are up and they know how to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of pretend like that stuff won't work. My stuff will work because it's traditional uh, because mm-hmm. we have the, the source kata and whatnot. Just because you have the kata doesn't mean you're going to be able to kind of enact that just on the set, on the scene. Um, but I think it kind of goes to back to where they're initially taught from. And then so people who do who have all the like good regimen down, but don't really have like more than just kind of the few basic things mm-hmm. um, are kind of missing out on that. Where as opposed to but it's like that's at least the, your basic level as opposed to the, the traditional guys who have all this like just stuff in a corner that they pull out and put back in a corner. But it's not like they don't really. It's not part of the routine. Yeah. But it's not something they're doing every day, yeah. which is something we need to do. I think. Um, I mean, uh, when I was first uh, coming up through the uh, the ranks, um, I came across a book. I think it was Bill Berger. Yeah, I got a, I got all my books here. Give me one second. Sure. Yeah, Bill Berger. Bill Berger. Uh, Bill Berger. Years... Yeah, let me let me grab it. Let like Berger. Like yeah, B U R G A R. Oh, Berger. Bugar, Berger. I don't know. I'm a bad person. So five years, one. Oh wait, I know this guy. He's actually commented on our. uh, He actually, (laughs) friend of a friend, also commented on one of our, uh, one of our, one of our podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I read that. I guess I was maybe a brown belt, and it kind of clicked because he took that one cod and he actually created an entire training um, routine from all the concepts in the cod that he was studying. So I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> so it's like, you learn one kata. I mean, even in our, in our um, guiding principles, it says it takes three years to really understand a kata. Mm-hmm. And then one, one master studied one kata for like 10 years. So it's like, if you, if you train one thing and you learn all the concepts that are hidden or, or in there 
and you create an entire routine to make sure that you're constantly studying and, and applying that to either the solo form or solo, ex, solo exercises. And then with, with uh, partner drills in a more realistic manner, wow, that's crazy. That's like, that's what it should have been. <laughs> well, and I think it, it's one of those ideas where I feel like if you kind of roll back on it, was there depending upon who was doing it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I feel like if you roll back a hundred years, people really probably weren't doing Bogukumite. Like, they weren't doing, yeah. like, full contact fighting. Mainly well, because, like, that would have probably seen as really dangerous. Well, yeah, they weren't wearing protective gear. They were they were fighting on the side, though. I mean... Well, were... yeah. I, I, but it's, like, independent, like... Um, Jared brought this up, buddy of mine, uh, a year back or so. Uh, was, like, if you think about how medicine works and like mm-hmm. people who get, who get broken bones and stuff, how hard they're going at a certain point might have been different and different, literally different in different eras. Um, okay. or like how weak and strong somebody was like based on nutrition and like how people were able, like how much, like in some places like Okinawa, like you didn't have, maybe the rich people were well fed and maybe the poor people weren't all that yeah. well fed who was doing martial arts and where, uh, how many people apparently, what is it? I heard this one thing where it was like up until a certain point, up until like very modern times, most armies who were marching did not carry water. They carried alcohol because that was more, that was safer to drink than most water sources. Wow. I didn't know that. It's, you know, just something I heard, heard kind of secondhand, but it's like, how would that work though? Because you, you, your water just, uh, the apple displaces the water and you dehydrate the entire group. <laughs> so all these guys are like <laughs> running about. Just dropping dead out in the middle of the heat. <laughs> Man, we lost most of our men just, just drinking that were dehydrated. <laughs> why modern sports are this is why we should just decide wars in terms of like the conflicts in terms of like baseball or whatever or like soccer because you just do a lot better off that way. Um mm rather than any, anything we've got going now. Yeah. Um, but I guess to bring it to something you'd said to me, you know, if we roll back to when we originally trained, originally started, mm-hmm. and I think we're kind of in that seat now to kind of decide that. You know, looking back on how we started and how we were originally taught versus kind of like what we know now, I guess what would, should, can we change? What shouldn't couldn't wouldn't change i guess mm-hmm. we can kind of go around that direction yeah i mean uh i think i've uh the sucky thing about moving down here is i don't have a student base anymore so um when i was up in new york i, I was cultivating a small group and the group i was working with i was doing things with them i wish was done with me when I first came through. And what I guess what I did was I would work one day with the kata and the, the two person drills. The next day, it was mandatory fighting stuff, either hitting the bag, one on one drills with like focus mitts. Um, doing two-person drills, like uh, checking, um, 
side steps, you know, um, footwork. So, and then as we progressed through their ranks, as they made, you know, got their yellow belt, their orange belt, their blue belt, they could see the relationship between the fighting concepts I was teaching them on fight day and the kata. And they can, they can connect the dots as to why we're doing things. Whereas when I, I guess when I first came up, it was kata, two-person drills, you know, um, and that was what we did up and through yellow belt. And then after you got your yellow belt, you started working a little bit into, um, you know, bogu kumite type stuff. And then eventually, you know, by the time you had blue belts, I mean, you were kind of free sparring at that point, but I think if you could start them off right at the get-go, hey, we're doing sidestep drills, and then eventually where this came from, from the kata, um, it might connect the dots a little bit earlier, and they might solidify, you know, their their training and, and their production. And I've noticed uh, from working with that group because it took me a while to figure all these things out and kind of put it in a way that would translate into something that would actually be, be meaningful. This is, this is like a lot of you know success and failure rate with with these things. And I was working on it for quite a few few years. Uh, I was starting out with uh, a Krav Maga school. And uh, they brought me in just to make these guys, you know, you know, their, their techniques a little better because it was a little sloppy. So I would work with the Kumite stuff with them. And then after hours, I would do my Kata stuff. And then they would, some, some guys would stick around. So I was able to work with uh, these guys, you know, on the side, like with the Kata stuff and how I was come up with things. And then when I started getting dedicated students, I was, you know, figuring things out. Uh, I was able to take... Um, a couple of students who wanted to do it from start to finish, uh, Gio, Kevin, and then the, uh, one of the guys who I was working with from the crowd, you could see how quickly they progressed from a, somebody who didn't know any martial arts to somebody who could actually be really productive in a, in a, in a, in a full contact environment within about, you know, three to six months, they were going full contact and, pretty proficient at it. Uh, I posted a video of uh, Steve and Gio, Gio's like first or second official Bogu Kumite fight and Steve's first, but Steve was working with me for like a year and a half, two years. And they would say like Gio was a yellow belt at the time and, and Steve I would consider maybe a blue or a green belt. But he, uh, they said that the yellow belt didn't move like a yellow belt. <laughs> he moved really efficiently. And I, I said, yeah, it's because the way we can kind of constructed things was, you know, you, you did kata and kumite kind of next to each other at the same time. And it made a lot more sense a lot sooner. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, it's very interesting because it makes me feel like I missed out on an opportunity. But I was like very much not in a place to make that decision. Mm -hmm. um, because that reminds me to almost parallel that. So when I first came up, I came up like kind of with kind of people who were saying they were around what we do now, but mm -hmm. really had departed it. Right. Reality. Um, not even like saying they were like one thing and actually another. They were actually like just not doing any, any form of like Oyata Rukikembo or any of the cuts kind of like 
degradations or offshoots or whatever. They were just kind of off doing their own thing, which is right. basically like sport karate. But mm-hmm. what was interesting when I started, um, I was 13 and they started us. So I was like, the, they put me in the kids class, which I did not fit that class because I was too. <laughs> no, I was just, I was like this, like homunculus of a child, mm-hmm. like who like read, I rode my bike everywhere. But, like, I was, like, very unfit. And then, so, I just, like, was in this class with, like, a bunch of, like, also elementary school students. So, it was, like, yeah, this, like, middle schooler in this class was kind of, like, you know, kind of stood out. Like, every, you know, when you're a kid, some people grow up faster than others. But I was, like, white belt, whatever the progression was. But around where it was, like, the second, third belt or whatever, they were, like, all right get sparring gear and i was like that's a hundred dollars of like plastic crap um <laughs> because it was just like kid like kind of like punchy sparring gear but i remember it was it must have been it started in january it must have been fall where i f- finally entered that class and i just remembered like but it was like you think this way you're a 13 year old like going from like just doing like little like kitty forms and whatnot mm-hmm. to like and like punching a bag or like hitting a bag or like however he knows how to to like doing like sparring and stuff like that even in that like don't touch the don't kick the don't punch the face only hit the body um all, like only you know you you're a kid you can't really control like the like contact or whatever right um but like at least that was teaching you to move at least I was teaching you kind of like how to move around a bit. Mm-hmm. I kind of forget forget how they didn't really do a great great job of it. That is like the moment I like it was this weird progression in the school because then the owner of the school was just like, "Hey, you, yeah, you're too big for the kids' class. Go to the adults' class." So there was no really intermediary <laughs> class for like teens. No, there never is. Like, yeah, I taught commercially for for quite a while, and uh, once they hit like the the twelve to fifteen age range. It's like you can't put them with adults because they're not they're not built for adult stuff, but they definitely can't hang out with the kids anymore. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, this guy who I don't know, was kind of doing more yoga than he was doing karate at the time. Um, very checked out from the actual art of it. You know, it was just like finally like actually like his eyes opened. It's like, oh shit, that kid's too big for this class. Um <laughs> I don't think I heard anybody, but I think it was probably not a good fit so they like put me in like the adults class which was just this range from like 15 to 75 yeah it's like grown-ass men and i was like 14 when i did it so i think it was basically big enough but like <laughs> like yeah, the not muscle, the muscle tone isn't there the coordination's not there the mindset's not there yeah i know but i remember when it did actually kick in it wasn't actually until it was like two years later until like everything like like clicked with like that with with the kind of like nerve connection and stuff like that yeah usually around 16 17 you guys are ready to rock (laughs) yeah so it was like before then i was just getting my ass kicked with this like like shitty version of sparring but at least we were doing it yeah and then they just cut it they were just we're done we're not doing sparring in the adults class anymore what except in this is the interesting bit in the like they would have this evening class and they have this afternoon class and it was like i'm not revealing anything this is stuff that happened like 20 years ago one of them wants to come after me go right ahead um go after a podcast now a lot of people listen to uh 
that's kind of the hedge of my bets. But the the adult, but this is interesting. The afternoon class run by completely different people. I was like, what do you mean we're not sparring? Bring your sparring gear next time, kid. I was like, okay. Six foot seven guy. These like kind of like older, rougher dudes, and then these old ladies who had no compunction of hitting a kid, um, <laughs> were just sparring. But they, but this was the same school that had basically said in this night class, no more sparring. And, and and so it was like learning how to spar and actually how to like fight and stuff after having like six months of not doing it. Yeah. And I got my black belt, and they were like, "Yep, no, we're not, we're not fighting anymore. No more fighting." Sadness. So it was like you know, it's almost the inverse of what you're saying, where it's like, kind of learned learned it in not in tandem, but like at least at that point at that time that was probably the best way to merge it yeah um if i was go back now it'd be much different i think you're on the right path in terms of being able to keep the two not separate but in like put them together where they're not just doing static stand horse stance single block Right. I mean, there's a, there is a time and place for that. I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, even when I warm up today, I mean, I, I did uh, Pasai, Kusanku, and uh, Nisei Shi um, as far because this is my kata week. And um, there's a time and place for that. No doubt. I mean, it warms up the muscles and, and, and uh, you, you ingrain that, that, those particular movements in, 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 your, in your muscle memory. But uh, you also need to know how to apply it too in, in, a, in a chaos environment. Because honestly, when you're fighting, when you're really fighting with somebody, it's chaos. It's yeah. chaos. It's adrenaline. Um, people, you know, when they do like the, you know, the demonstrations, you know, you go, you're hitting somebody who's fairly relaxed and, and not adrenalized. And uh, it hurts them more if you hit them in certain spots. But when that person's adrenalized and, and, and raring to go, all those pain receptors are, are dampened a little, uh, yeah. dampened a little bit, and uh, you're not going to get the desired effect sometimes. So um, yeah, and then it's like the this is this is where you get the where demo karate becomes karate. Yeah, I feel I like like <laughs> like where it's just demo karate is that's the the karate you do because you're just setting up for somebody to punch you and then you do the thing and then that guy goes down. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that isn't isn't how actual situations happen though. But yeah, absolutely, every day. <laughs> yeah. So I I, yeah, I feel of like of course it leaves that hand out for like six or six or seven minutes, so you can do like seventeen different moves on them. Mm. Always works. They never retract the hand after they throw it ever. <laughs> they never never throw one and two punches. No, that never happens. Just one punch at a time. And one guy comes at you once and one at a time. They don't go converge on you at once and throw you on the ground. <laughs> I think it was my buddy James who was like, Yeah, we do the like the reman version of Pinon or whatever, who where it's like go to one side, you attack one guy, go to one and so side you're attacking the, oh, the guy yeah, behind you, go to the guy in front of you. But yeah. I like I think that was purely for like facial demonstration purposes not meant to be actually taken seriously in terms of like this is when you'd use this but it's again a, a matter of like when demonstration karate becomes real karate because then people see that and then that's the only thing they've got to work with they don't want to mix and match and, and try and make it other shit work yeah it's it's weird i mean i, I get that now because it, it came out that i you know at my new job that i'm the karate guy 
I kind of made the announcement because I'm trying to get students at this point. <laughs> um, Aren't but, you uh, posting flyers? Aren't I, you walking I, I, around your, your neighborhood and handing, handing out badly printed flyers to people? Eventually, I, I, might, I might have to. I mean, I, I opened a, the, the garage door and started hitting the bags and started doing all my stuff. And I actually got, you know, some compliments. And the guy was like, hey, you, 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 you do that karate stuff. Huh? I'm like, yeah, sometimes. You know. He's like, how long have you been doing it? A little bit, you know. You know you, you, I'm, I'm humble. I'm like, I'm, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't think my karate is as good as, you know, people think it is. I mean, I, I'm always my worst critic. So I, I don't go, yeah, I'm number one karate. But um, I, I go, you know, I've been doing it for a little bit. <laughs> but um, he goes, wow, you know, you look pretty good. I'm like, yeah, if you want to come on by, I mean, come on by. We can work something out. Um, but eventually I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, be a little more aggressive. I think I'm trying to figure out the laws around here first, you know. Oh, in terms of like you can have a business on your property and shit like that. Yeah. And insurance. Mean, insurance and you know i i I'm, i have to, I have to operate under a homeowners association so i want to make sure i'm not breaking any rules with that either um so <laughs> that's a whole that's like the mafia right there i well luckily it hasn't been formed yet so i'm gonna try to get my wife on the board so i you know i can't get in trouble <laughs> but um it's one of your that's one of your teachers has always said said and I, he's completely right and he said get in with the wives you get in with the wives, everything's good. Everything's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, what's interesting here is that, like, we very, very, very rarely see commercial schools. Like, they exist, they're here, but, like, the very rarely is anyone, like, trying to, like, open up, a, like, a strip mall school or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, over in Japan. Yeah, it's very more like they've got a local community center, and that's where they work out. Here in South Carolina is more karate as far as the eye can see. No karate? Wait. More, more. Like, more yeah, like the, like the uh, American Taekwondo uh, uh, Academy, ATA. Is that what it stands for? Uh, so they, they call it karate, and there's ATA. It's like, oh, it's Taekwondo. Um there's like there's a like a lot of commercialized type stuff around here. Mm. In New York, there was actually a really strong um, classical Okinawan karate um, section to choose from, yeah. either from our group or other groups out there. I mean, like Shoranru and stuff like that. It was it was a there was a good strong base in at least in Long Island, New York. Down south, it's either commercialized karate. Or MMA, there is no bridge in between. There's people down there, but it's like they're 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 not high. It's not like yeah. I mean, obviously, there's, a group, there's groups and stuff. There's like little Okinawa groups. There's the Ryukyu Kempo and Ryute groups in South Carolina for sure. Um, but as far as like you know, Long Island, I guess because maybe I'm used because Long Island's just you know, like seven million people on Long Island, and there's five million people in South Carolina. It's a so Long like, Island. It's Long Island. So like you can get anything on Long Island. So it's like, it's pretty, it's, it was pretty interesting to see how many traditional and, and, and really um, hardcore, like classical stuff you can get into. You can get into modern Arnis, you can get into MMA, you can get into really hardcore karate, or you can find that mole stuff too. Whereas in, in South Carolina, from what I can tell, for the most part, mole karate, MMA, uh, and then that that classical Okinawan karate is kind of few and far between. I mean, there are guys out there, and obviously Gary Scholl, 
yeah. in, in, our, in our system. I'm going to try to meet out with him uh, in March. I know he's, he's doing some sort of seminar. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of get out there. Me and him talk, you know, here and there, uh, tr- you know, making contact and trying to, you know, keep 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 this classical stuff going. But uh, as far as my neighborhood, yeah, it, nah, it, it, it it's difficult. And there's like, you know, you, you how do you attract people? Like, how would you start with people who only see? This is a conversation I had with people the other day, where it's like, all right, you want a bunch of people to come in and like see karate. Now you want them to choose between like different karate stuff and you want to do this from like start how do you really differentiate like mall karate and mma like almost it's like you what we do has bears the same aesthetic as mall karate do at least on a facial level but then like how you do how you train it would like probably at least on an aesthetic look like the mma stuff so yeah see the, the I guess I get that. I get that kind of, that's probably why I get some of my videos kind of like banned on certain forums is because I'm, up, I'm applying it in some sort of modern aspect. Yeah. I, I'm the maverick of my own system too. I like it. A lot of, a lot of my, you know, my, my instructors are like, Raul does things a little differently, <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> but I'm trying to apply it the way I would want it to be taught to me because i'm looking at it from a very martial aspect i want to be a better fighter so how do i be a better fighter back in the day the okinawans you know tried to do things the best they could and be better fighters based on what they had available now we have available we have equipment we have bags we have uh youtube we have you know social media of course we have social media we we can interact with one another and take different. Um, we have different, whiskey. We have we birds. Have we have trees. We'll bless them all. We'll do it all. But we, we can we can we can we can transmit different ways we train with one another because Okinawans kind of like grabbed stuff that they liked and and added it to their stuff. What am I doing differently than that? I'm not. I'm, I'm taking what's modern, what's what's available to me, and, and making it my own, and, and applying it to a class, a classical martial art. In my opinion, I mean, I could be way off base, and people can say I'm just doing garbage shit. That's fine. But I think the way I train and the way I transmit my information is efficient and, and gets people fighting faster. In my opinion, and I've seen it. You know, I've seen it happen from a hundred and twenty pound soaking white kid. To go against a guy who's like 160, 170 pounds and hold his own within six months, that's pretty impressive. Not on my end, but on his end too, because he put in the work. So it's well, like Definitely, definitely. And like and, and there's a thing that too, where it's like everyone forgets that when they, when they ever want to bring up something traditional, they always forget that there's also the particular. Um, it is never there's no one cookie cutter traditional system. And because there's no one cookie cutter particular teacher. You have good teachers, you have bad teachers. And this is why you'd see a lot of people who are able to like hold their own and stuff because they had generally had good teachers. It didn't matter what they did. Like yeah. you have that whole like Motobu fight nonsense. Um mm-hmm. or, like no one's called it nonsense, but like the Motobu fight that is like supposedly the karate beat the boxer, right? There oh, was yeah, like you yeah. <laughs> or yeah, and then like whatever. And then the, then it, there's apparently it comes the <laughs> The Motobu Dundee people come out and they're just like, no, no, no. We then his little, then his older brother beat him in a fight afterwards. Yeah, the Cho you fight. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, then what actually happened? You know, 
I know. Yeah, it's, it's like whose propaganda is winning here? But in in that regard, it's like to more to your point, where it's like you've got someone who can do that. It's not because of any particular style; it's because of how the, they trained. And it's because, and it's not because one's more traditional or more modern. It's just the teacher saw a way of synthesizing what they saw and imparted it to their student, and then the student trained on that. Yeah, and, and the students got to put the work in too. So it's not. It's like it's not like I'm saying I found the magic bullet, and if you do the way I do it, you're going to get better faster. It, it's also you know the student has to have some sort of athletic ability. The student has to have some sort of dedication. The student has to have uh, you know, and and the natural interest in what he wants to do or she wants to do, so you know, it goes there too. So I I was lucky enough, you know, to find somebody and or people who are in, in interested enough and had enough ability to understand what I was trying to teach them, apply it in in a consistent basis, and make it their own. And now when I left. Um, I had some of my students call me up and say, hey, you know, I'm going to another school. I said, well, you know, you have my blessing. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not your teacher anymore. And, and I wish I was because I really had a really good time with you. Um, but, you know, just take what I've given you, apply it, but also learn what they're teaching you and, and you know, empty your cup a little bit and, and just do your best. And then they call me back like, you know, you know, three, four, six months later and go, you know, I really didn't know how much how great I had it with you until I went to another school and I'm excelling so well at the school because of the things you've done with me. And I said, yeah, I'm, yes, I, I want to take some sort of credit with it. But the other credit is you put in the work too. You busted your ass with me and you did a really good job. And I was really proud of you. And so you also were like probably 80% of the progress. <laughs> so take, take, a lot of the, take a lot of the love on your end too, because you were a really good student and just keep doing what you're doing. And just go, take it and go with it. And which is like, not many, unfortunately, not many teachers have that mindset. They don't have that realization. Like, yeah. It's not going to be for You get the time, I was thinking about this earlier, uh, you get the time you get with people, you get the people you get. You don't get the people you necessarily want. But I mean, yeah. if you have that kind of lucky sweet spot with people, um, you know, enjoy that while you've got it. Have, yeah, have. you really should. You should enjoy it because you don't get it very often. You know, when I talked commercially, there was like one or two students who really enjoyed showing up and everybody else was just like, you know, they were there because their parents made them be there or they were there because they wanted to be there to learn a specific thing. Yeah. But they weren't there to learn to be a fighter. And so from my mindset, if you're not learning to be a fighter, you know, maybe, you know, don't attend my classes. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and like that's the thing where it's like if you're not i i always want to temper this because i work i also work with people who are who are less aggressive um but at the same time like we all understand like everyone to a degree understands you need to have that practicality or it's it's nothing um yeah and there's a lot of people who are just going to make a lot of excuses around that for like not have being more practical or only mm -hmm. kind of winging it a little uh, or like fluffing it a little which is where I think everyone backs up to got it. everyone backs up to two mandrel everyone backs up to 
this because yeah. it's safe. It's easy. It's it, it's it is safe, and it's but it, it's again it's it's base level stuff. Uh, but I also want to, I guess, really important. Unless any instructors who are kind of listening to this, you can't take yourself too seriously either. Um, I think that's something that I was at least able to at least stay humble. And if you're still have the ability to kind of get in the ring and fight with your students, which is what you should, eventually they're going to get kind of good. And my guys are getting pretty damn good. And they were kind of giving it to me at one point. Like they popped me a few times where I was like, I better game myself up a little bit and kind of, you know, get myself, you know, a little faster or get my head moving a little bit better. Because if I keep doing what I'm doing, they're going to rock me. And if you keep your yourself in the game and keep yourself getting humbled, I think you're not going to take yourself as seriously as you think and, and not like get, um, I guess that big, you know, like uh, uh, instructor head. Yeah. I, I hate that. Like, like, like they can do no wrong. I, you know, I'm a human being. I, <laughs> I suck at something every day. I mean, when I look at myself on, on, on video, can I video myself very often? And I go, I mean, I'll post this, but I got to work more on that <laughs> because that's not, not, not as good as I wanted it to be in my head. In my head, I thought it was something. And when I saw it on video, that's not even close, man. I got I to gotta keep working. Yeah, and that's where, where like, I think, you know, it's the, it's the good and the bad of that, where it's like you want to have respect for what you do. You want to be able to have people be able to say, Hey, I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm I'm being able to do it. But if you can't go back and like look at yourself and be like, oh, I got to do this better. Oh, I've got to try this harder. Um, I can definitely say my my problem is like seeing that I'm that I I had had this set up. I felt like I got set up to fail fairly early, kind of by myself, but also by others. And it's it's taken a while to kind of roll this back with myself, where it's like, yeah, you're not the best. There's a you're always going to be working on becoming better. You can't just sit there and let it eat at you. You've got to work at it. I can think of times in my life where if I had just had more of that attitude and less of like, I need to be instructor man. Um, I need to be the guy who's going to be the one who did it. Um, because other people were saying that to me and probably way, way, way too early. Um, and, but you know, part of that's always self-imposed too. Um, I might have been in a much better or at least different place now. So I, I totally re- echo that from a uh, from a lived experience, as it were. Yeah, you can't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. You really can't. You got. You're always going to be a student on something. Yeah. You're going to suck at something, and either you put the work in and unsuck a little bit because you can't. You can't be perfect in everything that you do. But you can you can always strive for that perfection, and I, I think that's that, that's something we can always strive for is some sort of perfection. But if you if you're always striving for, for perfection and you're always trying to put the work in, I think at your your end result, your your sum total of your training, you're gonna come out you're gonna come out at least above average. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna show to the world at least to, to a bunch of people who are, are below average or who don't put the work in, like that guy. That guy's that guy's putting in a lot of work. <laughs> that guy looks pretty pretty darn good. But to you, I mean, as as a as a person who's always critical of yourself, you're like, I still got more to do. Yeah. I still got I still got to do something. And then 
I, I, and I'm at that point now where I'm at that aging body level where I'm like, I'm in the mid forties now or getting close to it. And it's like, things don't work as they used to. And my stamina isn't as it used to. And there's a certain, um, my, my fight style and the way I used to train and what I train now has, has altered a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I can get a student base where they can get me where I'm at now because I'm on the decline, unfortunately. And I mean, I can, I can, I can be honest in, in that and so I'm on the decline. And if I can get somebody who gets me now or within the next few years and they can learn from me, by the time I'm at that point where I can't fight anymore, which is probably the mid fifties or late or, or at the sixties, um, I I've transmitted enough of the information that I've learned and, and, and have interacted with them in a fighting and a full contact environment with enough where they can transmit that to somebody else and, and they can be proficient. They can be the person who can take the torch and move on. And the other thing about that is even if you hit 60 and like, yeah, like probably don't want to get knocked in the face by a 20, 20 year old who's got, you know, been yeah. I mean, you, you work on different things. I mean, I used to be like, like that switch changer. I can, I can, I can do, Orthodox softball, orthodox softball. I, I go back and forth within the uh, in like some sort of fighting environment. Now I'm 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 more straight orthodox for the most part. I'm not switching my feet, switching my hands, but I and um, I'm 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 gaining I'm I'm gaining more on techniques that have a higher hit percentage now versus me being more active because I can't be as active as I was before and. That's just how it is. I just mean, the body can't do that anymore. The stamina is not there. I can run a lot. I can do a lot of things, but the body doesn't produce enough testosterone. And, <laughs> and got to get that horse injector in there. We got to, we got it's, it's, like, it's just like the, the muscles and the stuff, they get fatigued yeah. faster. And, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty, you know, pretty, pretty tough, but I've got to, I've got to change the way I approach things. And that, yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do as you get older. I mean, Oyata, I mean, you look at our, 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 our systems master, you know, and his, in his younger years, he was, you know, he was the Bumukumite champion. He was Nakamura's enforcer. As he got older, as he got injuries and stuff like that, he's changed the way he's done things. Some things more technical than others. Um, but, you know, we have to, if we want to be as good as our master, we have to do the things our master did, right? In my opinion, you have to be the fighter. You have to be the guy who gets involved in a lot of things, a lot of physical stuff, and then understand what works for you. And then as you get older, try to transmit that information before you get too old. <laughs> well, I think the, the problem, especially with that particular example, is that a lot of people thought, I can take this end stuff and just reuse that. As opposed to, you know, yeah, I got to do this stuff to get, do the work to actually get to the end. Yeah. And, or to yeah, like yeah. actually get there. And a lot of people are like taking the end stuff or the, like the pretty stuff that like looks good, but they're not like there's, 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 there tends to be nothing behind a lot of that stuff. And that's not just to knock on those people. It is also like a lot of, that's where I think a lot of karate ends up going anyway. Yeah, it's true. I mean, not so everyone, like, not everyone, and not all places. No, but, no, not, yeah. no, that's not everyone. And I, I know a lot of people you've had on your podcast um, are putting in the work and are definitely, you know, you know they, they know how to 
to apply these techniques in, in some sort of realistic manner. But there's others that, you know, that want to take the end result of Oyata. See, Oyata got the way he got based on experience. And there's a lot of experience that he had to go through to get to where he was at. And some stuff like, like, yeah, survive World War II. That's just like, okay. <laughs> Survivor War Two, that's, not die and they not die and yeah. attack. Yeah, that's a, that's um, the thing. Like, survive like post-war Okinawa, you know, like uh, it's ridiculous. Especially like be, also being on the wealthy side of things, you know, yeah, like it, it, you know, it, it, that's what I mean. Like, uh, a lot of people aren't going to be able to have those experiences and get there. So it's a matter of like, okay, can have this traumatic life experience that only happens like you know, God forbid, ever something like that ever happens again. Yeah. Um, or God forbid, you get into something like that. The alternative is getting in the gym and working and like getting through applying those into situations where, I don't know, kind of a safer environment, but still being able to, to kind of like boil down and boil it down to its, you know, bare essentials rather than like, I don't know, live in like a terrible neighborhood and then like get mugged <laughs> and then like, you know, or something it's like been, that. Yeah. I can, I can never, you can never recreate your instructor's um, experiences, like experience for experience. You can never do that. But what you can do is you can, you can try to walk on that similar like path. So, you know, they're going to go through stages in life where they can do stuff and where they can't do stuff. And if you can at least, Try to do the things that they did, you know, Oyata put on the gear and fought full contact and, uh, you know, uh, Hanchi Albert Giraldi when he was there in Okinawa, what they did was, the, and then, you know, uh, Hanchi Jim Logue, um, when they were in Okinawa, they fought every class with Sei Oyata, not either with him or with the students. They were fighting every class. They would do kata and at the end, put on the gear, Bogukumite. So... What I wanted to do was that necessarily the best way to do it. Was that you know, that's what they did, right? You know, because that's I guess the kind of like orbit of what we're talking about, right? Yeah, you know what, but but, were compared to what you were doing with your guys like six months ago or whatever, about a year ago. Yeah, it's like it wasn't Bogukumite. It was a it was it was like you know, it was a transition into you know bag work, two man drills, and eventually getting into some sort of you know light sparring and then into having sparred, but you know, Oyata did things his way and then we can modify it and maybe make it a little different, but there's gotta be some sort of full contact element. In my opinion, early on, that's what Oyata was doing, right? It was full contact early on. You come in, you fight me. That's it. So if we can't keep doing that type of thing, we're not walking in a similar foot in a similar path as what our instructors did. So I will, No, and so what I'm doing is I want to give my students or anybody who trains with me something that I wish I had done with me when I first started out. So if you come with me, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, my system is a fighting system. So you're going to fight. So you're going to learn how to fight. I'm not going to put the gear on and punch you in the face on the first class, but you're going to get to a level where you're going to fight eventually. So you're going to learn the kata, which is the blueprint, and you're going to learn, you know, the bogu kumite or the, or the fighting methods. And then we'll get into, you know, tuite and kyushu jutsu and atame jutsu and all the stuff that, you know, Sayoyada has transmitted to us. It's all going to be connected. 
but it's going to be connected from day one, not from not after you learn certain kata and after you learn certain tumidro. We're going to do it right off the bat, eventually, and then you're going to connect it to some sort of full contact environment stuff, so that when stuff really happens and you have to defend your life, this isn't something that's unusual to you. It's you've dealt sure. with the chaos. Yeah. You've you've seen chaos. You failed in chaos because you're going to fail in chaos. I mean, my students failed in chaos. I failed in chaos and I continue to fail in chaos. It's just what, how it is. But you fail in the dojo. So mm-hmm. when, when real life happens, it's not something that's unusual to you. It's like, I've been it before. Yeah, I'm a little more adrenalized. Yeah, I'm a little more scared. Yeah, I'm a little more, you know, maybe there's more people around and that I got to deal with different things, but it's not something that just appeared out of nowhere. And I'm like, Oh shit, I got to figure this out. It's like, I've kind of been here kind of before. It's not exactly what I've been through, but I've been kind of through this thing. And I've had to defend myself in real life. And luckily I've put myself into certain positions where, you know, this isn't unusual to me, although it was, never happens, you know, tit for tat. And you're not going to be dealing with players that you thought you'd be dealing with. I've had to defend myself against family members. Ever have to fight somebody you've known and loved your entire life? No fun. It's weird. It's messed up. And you actually, you hold back a lot more than you think you do. It took a lot for me to actually punch somebody in the face that I know and love my entire life. And, um, I, if honestly, if I hadn't held back, I think I would have been better off. But because you're dealing with somebody you love and you're dealing with somebody you you've known your entire life, they if they could have hurt me a lot more. Hmm. I could have been hurt and maybe even disabled. Um, because because emotions I hesitated. Are higher. Emotions are running higher, and I and I hesitated big time. Uh, I've also dealt with somebody I didn't know, and I've. I pounded on him like immediately. So it's like, it's weird. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that are involved in real fighting that you, you, you don't really, you can't put into training. So. And I, I think to, to more of your point on like where we come from, where we, where I think the disconnect lied is where all those demonstrations of like the advanced secrets of the Kata and all that stuff were, I think initially the intention of hands-on drills yeah but became you know look at the fancy thing um and where i think where you're going down and i think i'm going down that path and i think other people are who want to make it more practical go down is all right here's the fancy thing here's the full contact here's the contact that needs to happen there's kind of a range in which you can make that work. Yes. Right? You can go and go to the full bogu. You can even, do, you can go as soft as like Tai Chi te- style sticky hands. Yeah. You could, I mean, yeah, you could do some, no, I mean, not super like Tai Chi stuff. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> what, what do you do mean that. you can't, what are you too old to do Tai Chi stuff? No, I just can't, man. I just, I'm, I'm, sticky, they, hand, sticky hands, the Kakie is actually okay. I think no, the Kakie. Like I, I can get, get behind that. I mean, a, a little bit. I mean, I get that. I'm, again, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm personal preference. I like a lot more contact. This right. is me. 
but I think it, if you're trying to get people on board who yes. might not, and I, this is where, and because, and this is more to your point of like you want fighters, right? Yeah, um, I do. But at the same time, you have to realize that, and like this is why the original school I was with cut sparring altogether, was mm-hmm. they were losing people. You do after, lose people. Yeah, you lose people, but it's like from a you commercial perspective. And I'm not saying this is good. I'm saying this is what what happened. It's um, exactly what happens. It, and it's what happens with a lot of people. Um, I know you kind of had to deal with that a little bit when you were you were helping with the commercial side of it. But like that's like why it ended in where I was, and that wasn't even what you would consider full contact. That was just like light sparring or medium yeah. contact sparring at best, not even face contact. But it, it's like you know, how do you get like suburbanites to get into that? And like start them out pushing hands, start them out touching at least, or at mm-hmm. least um, doing something like that, where they're used to at least body contact and how the body moves. Yeah. To a degree, if you're doing it correctly, that's on the same range at, that can range you up to full contact fighting. Doing that incorrectly and making it like completely separate and stuff like that, it's never going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So. That's what I would say. Say to say to that degree, but I, even though I know you would be allergic to something like that a little bit, <laughs> allergic. Uh, no, I mean I, I don't hate it. I, I understand why people do it. It's just not my bag. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. I think we've kicked that around quite a bit, my friend. Yeah, I think um, so too. Cool, cool. What do you think uh, you're getting into training this week? Uh, hmm. So next week is bag week or, or Bogu Kumite drill week. Um, I'm not particularly liking um, my left sidekick. I might work on that a lot more. Uh, and my left um, moving sidekick. So, and I haven't done moving sidekicks too much lately. Um, I've been actually working a lot more roundhouses the past maybe two months. Only because um, I find that to be a little higher percentage hit ratio. Um, But I think my right sidekick is, is, you know, even today when I was kind of warming up, I was like, oh, this right sidekick is pretty solid. My left, I'm like, nothing's happening. Nothing's coming out. Yeah, it just just seems weird. I mean, my left roundhouse kick is solid. My right roundhouse kick is not as solid. My left, it's weird. But um, I think my left sidekick's. And uh, moving sidekicks, I'm going to work a lot this week uh, coming up, especially on the bag, trying to get more power into it. Um, and uh, maybe a lot more foot footwork drills. I haven't done that in a while. But the only reason why I haven't done a lot of that, I mean, it's um, maybe weather-related. My mats, when it gets cold, I slip a little bit more. No. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to kind of plant. and. That's and- training, though. That's training. You got to learn learn to deal with it in slipper situation. If you're not falling, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> there you but, go. Um, but uh, I got to get past that. I got to kind of kind of push myself a little bit. So I'm going to work a lot more footwork drills and uh, side steps, lateral movements, and and uh, counters. I guess that would be that would be all. So this week will be left side kicks and uh, counters and footwork. Definitely. I mean, it sounds good to me. I mean, yeah. I've looked into getting, so where I live now, 
I got these, like, I showed you this uh, when I went on a little mission last week, but I got this, because uh, I, I only have access to a gym that's, like, 30 minutes away, and it's a very much of, like, uh, community center type, like, yeah, we have a room, and we have a couple of, like, little weight machines and some treadmills that may or may not work. Um, probably <laughs> sure they work, but the... Uh, it, no. it, it, the, your mic picked up a little bit. Okay, it's good. good. It's good now, but it, it, you got you got slight feedback when you moved it a little bit. Okay, so okay, well, we're good. Um, probably not going to edit that out. Whatever. Um, we got alcohol in us. We don't have to edit. Uh, but yeah, what I'm going to do is because uh, I've got a garage I can work out of. So mm-hmm. my biggest problem was I was like, ah oh, man, it's concrete. It's killing my knees. Just get mats. But I was like, oh, no, I can't afford mats. Now, there's mats that are out there that are fairly okay in terms of pricing. Yeah. And so I got, like, these, like, cheap $10 mats. And I was like, oh. And I, like, got up. And I did, like, a leg day because my shoulder is still a little, like, meh from doing sh- uh, snow shoveling. Yeah. And so I did, like, a leg day. And I was like, yeah, my legs hurt. But it's, like, it's not, like, ah, my knees. Um. So I think, uh, yeah, no, we're still going to do We're just going to convert a storage room into a dojo and just hope nobody notices uh or maybe you get some students we'll see (laughs) the thing is there is a thing is if i was able to say i could open a karate class i'd probably have full access to a gym right down the street okay but until i do that i gotta have some place for me to train yep so uh i may in fact end up getting another version of the bag that I used to have. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, like the. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. The one that I always fell down. And so I found out why. I warned you it was going to fall down. But I found out why. So what's funny is my buddy okay. Hide helps me out moving from out of that old place. Yeah. And he's like, one, yeah, it's got suction pads. Hmm? The one you give the bag to? Yeah. And so yeah. He, he was like, oh, it's got suction cups on the bottom. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, nothing happens. Oh, so, because that's on tatami. If you put it on like wood or concrete, they'll stick. And so he shows me this video of him just like beating the crap out of it, and it's not falling down at all. He's like doing really? side kicks and front kicks and, and and like punches and stuff. It's fine. Wow. So it's like, wow, I guess had it on the wrong surface the entire time. Oh, all right. So, so if you're I can get you can either stick on that uh, on that mats that you got, or just like put it on concrete. We'll stick on concrete. We'll see. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Wood. No, suction cups on concrete, suction cups on wood. Uh, well, wood will work, but uh, I don't know. The, the Wave Master bags always knock down too or something. Oh, our sidekick, our, our style's sidekicks are too strong. No, for any bag to resist. All right, strong karate. <laughs> That's number one. Hey, number one karate. <laughs> number one karate. Not us. Not us. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Well, I think we've kicked around a lot with uh, the alcohol and the karate. So, right. um, Raul, thanks for doing this, man. Like, thanks for, thanks for both, having me on again. Both the, hey, don't be a stranger. Uh, you, I've name checked you a couple times on this, but I obviously. No, I'm not. You know, be honest. So everyone's listening. I'm not a stranger. John and I talk weekly. Oh no, <laughs> weekly. It's almost like a, it's. We're basically we're 
basically have to t- tell your wife, hey, sorry, I bought. Well, that's not true because we did come and do the hundred kata day with me. So I mean, that's not entirely true. That's not entirely yeah. Un- untrue. Yeah, but we, you and I, we're always conversing with each other, either daily or weekly. You yeah, know? You know, we've always been very friendly with each other. We've reconnected, obviously, recently. I guess the past few years ago, since you moved to uh, to Japan. But um, I've always I've always enjoyed talking with you. I've always enjoyed being around you. So, you know, it, it was nice to reconnect with you um, and uh, to be on your podcast uh, during the pandemic and, you know, just continue just kind of being, you know, a friend with you. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's good to have like, I don't know, it's, 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 it's hard to find good karate friends who you can relate to pretty well. And despite the fact we have, you know, maybe 10 years between us and like some differences, you know, you know, I, yeah. this is a friendship I can't, I can't be more, more thankful for. So. And, and I'm generally an asshole, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Uh, to, to quote Team America, sometimes you need you need an asshole. Um, <laughs> or <a> dick. <laughs> I'm not gonna get stop it, stop it. I'm not gonna get it. It's all right. We've already been canceled three times already. All right, Roll. Thank you for joining me again. No uh toast to that and everyone thank you for listening to this uh, very uh, inebriated podcast be safe be well and keep on training come by come by <laughs>